Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. It's really hard to tell your own story. <laughs> and um, it's such a simple truth. Hello, Amy. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. I mean, we are literally in December now. This should be... Is it oh December? I know it's December, yes. No, oh my God. Almost December. We're just, just tiptoeing. Can mm-hmm. you believe that? It's I know. Been... Where has the year gone? 2019. Where has the decade just... gone? Don't even say that. <laughs> oh my God, thinking about a year, it's like... So much changes, so much going on. I know, and everything changes all the time. And I think you feel that pressure by the end of the year to be like, okay, I need to reel my life. Yeah, what am I doing next year? Especially now it's next decade. But what am I doing? I know, and like I am literally. It's kind of funny when you are born on a decade because I'm born. I was born in 1990, so next oh, year. Oh gosh, gonna... it's big birthday! Yes, yes. and it's crazy because you're like, oh boy like a whole decade and they say that your 20s can be a bit of a rocky road I can tell you they are <laughs> um so it's funny to kind of see how everything is changing massively ever anyway not just us as a company which you'll hear very soon as well so keep an eye out for that but in general I think yeah everything changes I'm excited to see what's happening next year I know I don't know if you talk about the, the world or us but both everything. ways <laughs> everything both ways yeah yes I agree and I think for the world so to speak. Mm-hmm. I always like to do trends and reports. So the whole month of December, we are planning to have loads of different interesting articles about trends and things coming up and mm-hmm. new cool things that we're going to ex- experience and explore for 2020. And um, that's why we did a bit of research. We thought about a couple of things and I thought we can just talk about a couple that we both see growing or slightly changing mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, as well as, obviously, as I said, our own bits of news, which we won't uncover until January. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is one of the things that you think is going to obviously keep growing, I guess, yeah. and just kind of like changing a bit with 2020? What have you seen coming up? 
I think the main one for me and something I'm incredibly passionate about is veganism. And I just think, I know we say the last couple of years, it's been like, oh, this has been the year for veganism. This has been the year for veganism. I do think it will continue to grow next year. Mm-hmm. Um, not only just in terms of food and like the supermarkets and restaurants, just having like so many amazing options, which will just continue to grow because we see all the kind of Christmas food coming in that all celebrates plant-based food, which is incredible. Um, but I just think that will just continue to grow and get bigger and better and especially with the kind of sustainability edge as well which is I know something we've spoken about which will continue to grow um especially kind of like Extinction Rebellion making such an impact this year like I think it's only obvious that it's going to continue to grow next year because it has to if something's going to change it has to continue to grow exactly and with that in mind as well a big thing that we've seen which we haven't tapped too much into but I think we're going to probably cover more next year is just a different approach to tourism, thinking yeah. about the different things, whether it is, as you, we were talking before, we play, put on play, um, actually travel, like, you know, actually where you're traveling mm-hmm. and how you're traveling, but also exploiting um, the places that you go or make, trying to make a difference whilst yeah. you're away. Yeah, and what like, you're doing while you're away. And I think it's going to be such a big thing. And obviously, trends, we need to appreciate that trends become trends that people exploit for business reason that's kind of mm. one of the reason why trends become trends i guess but also if you can see the upside of some of these trends we're actually they're going to have a positive impact into yeah. the way that we engage with mama nature i guess yeah that's what i kind of what's happened with veganism it became cool and i was yeah. like fine if you're doing it because it's trendy then that's great because it gets you in so it's the same with kind of more eco-friendly tourism if brands want to um take advantage of that then great because it's only doing good things um, and if it's seen as trendy and cool then that can only be good. I agree. And I think also the big one is um, with that, and I, kind of, I feel like it's one thing in 270 pretty much, but mm. also fashion as well. Obviously, yes. um, there was ports and like more like um, performance-based mm-hmm. and now is also like sustainable Yeah, lots fashion. of hemp, lots of... Bamboo? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I This jump, jumper is bamboo and so are my socks. <laughs> I live in like bamboo clothing. It's so, so soft and yet it's so much more sustainable and there are so many good companies out there. They do um, like incredible, and we have actually organic basics. We interview yes, them as well. Yeah, they're lovely, which is really cool. So we really like to be able to see mm-hmm. and to actually work with people that can make that difference. Because I think at the end of the day, that's kind of where the tit for tat works in that mm-hmm. respect. Um, one thing that I read, which I was interested in as well, was obviously the extra level of personalization, and I think it's also like the integration of your data via your apps and mm. the way that it works with. Okay everything else you do so yeah. whether it's nutrition but also like you know meditation or workouts or everything just more personalized and to fit into people's lives because yeah. um, I think wellness now is so widespread and it also touches things like your mental health more than anything else yeah which is definitely becoming so much more spoken about which is really really good um I think I was listening to a podcast on the way here and it's like one in four of us suffer with some kind of mental health condition throughout our life and so why aren't we talking about it more that's like 25% of the population could have something to say about it so yeah it's definitely something we need to openly talk about a lot more and it's kind of funny because I think it worked in a way where social media helped with that first Mm. and then it's kind of like helping everything helping because there's this very specific generation that would listen to this sort of stuff yeah would resonate with this Mm -hmm. sort of conversations Whereas others are going to be more like, okay, I don't necessarily engage on social media as much, but because everybody's not talking about it also on the normal media, which whether we like it or not is where most people get still information from, yeah. then it opens a conversation for some generations that maybe didn't have the chance to actually 
talk as openly about their feelings as we do because yeah. again we still we still have a long way to go but I think it's still like a lot that we've changed them done yeah it's going in the right direction so so basically despite obviously all the need that we have to actually make a difference and wake up I guess mm. that's what I would say there's still I can see a lot of the trends really going towards a way of just going beyond us and beyond your personal little thing and trying to help everybody else and I guess again yeah my earth which is exciting yeah it is exciting and it's yeah it'll be amazing to see what happens amazing yeah I'm I'm, I'm really excited what we get involved with and And I think also the people that you know we can help Mm -hmm. and the way that we can find the people that are really going to make a difference and make a change yeah um, yeah. This is why actually it kind of works really well. This week I am talking to the lovely Amanda from uh, Flamingo Punk, and I'm really excited because again it just ties in with the idea of the uh, thing that we don't like to talk about, which is the New Year element. Obviously, we like to talk about, but at the end of the day, I realise that um, when it comes to New Year, it can be a bit of a funny one because you feel the pressure, as we said. But a lot of people are starting something new and they're probably waiting until the new year for plenty of reasons because again november december everybody hibernates a bit so what better time to talk to somebody who has seen a very wholehearted uh, passionate and actually authentic marketing kind of company and agency actually mm-hmm. she founded it but also that's the people that she works with she works with people that have a story to say and they really want to make a difference and she talked through a couple of examples as well and i thought if you need that little extra piece of information or even motivation sometimes yeah just to get all your little ducks in a row before the end of the year mm-hmm. then i'll definitely recommend listening to uh, our chat this week and mm-hmm. um let us know you find it let us know you go along uh, at hbloggers.com let us know if you are also coming to our festive special um, in the next couple of weeks if you are not sure what we're talking about but you're in london then check out the show notes again and you will find uh, a bit of a link for our festive special we'd love to see you there to talk about our own rebranding and all the things that we're going to do but until then have a lovely rest of the day and lovely rest of the week Bye-bye. see you later bye <laughs>
because I'm gonna sound like I am either like I, either I'm constipated or I'm terrified. Because it just wouldn't work. Because I would just stop and forget things. And um, but you would know that about yourself as well. Like you know that, for example, that if you feel like you're going to a presentation or a meeting or something. Oh, script. I used to. I and then, actually I did a really big um, talk earlier this year, which was an event called Future Proof Festival. Yeah. Um, really big. Like two, three hundred people turned up. Nice. And. Um, my friend who organised all this, she was like, man, did you want to come to, to a like, workshop with everybody? And I was like, I was like, maybe like 20 like, people. Turn up, it's like 200 people. And I'm like, <laughs> and she was like, uh, she was like, Amanda, I was so sorry, I did not realise that the turnout was going to be this. I was like, can you give me a fucking heads up? I had to run this whole workshop with 200 people. I just got everyone to draw from me and go, and I'm just like, those are random shit. It's all passive writing. So okay. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> no. Okay, draw flamingos now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was literally like, there was all exercises, practical exercises, but obviously I wasn't prepared to, I mean, I've never run a workshop. Like an inter- well, I would say it's right, it was more of an interactive speaking yeah. gig, but I had to get people out to interact with everybody and I had to walk down here and talk to people and all this kind of stuff. 20 minutes, but I couldn't, I literally, my timing was so bad, I couldn't even get through the whole <laughs> thing it was like it's really hard oh though like God. I think people don't understand that like, even I know a lot of people practice as well like you know the timing of something yeah. when you're like running you just don't know I always tend to be conservative and have extra time at the end because there's always more time for people to ask questions yeah. and always I already have questions for myself that's a very good tip like for anybody uh, who's listening um if you're thinking about something and you can't have a couple of questions already for your own talk if somebody doesn't ask question I had a couple of times and I was like so that I'm gonna go off this tangent because I know it's a question that I get asked often. So I usually wait for people to see if they have any question, and most times they do, but if they don't, because you never know what the audience is gonna be like, I just kind of say, well, you know what, usually I get asked this question a lot about yeah. this topic. Because it's one of those things that you wouldn't think about. Yeah. And you know, as you said, like, depending on a different audience, you're also gonna get a different like attention span. You also find that if you try and do something that doesn't feel you, mm-hmm. People aren't gonna feel it, but like you said, you know. Yeah, people gonna people just know, like it's like forced, doesn't it? It's exactly. just like it's not. It's very fake, and that's just not me. Like, I don't think. I remember actually that talk. I had. I did actually have a script. And mm-hmm. I didn't practice it, and I was actually crying in my pants. Like, <laughs> literally crying. I even stood up there, and I was like, guys, I'm literally shit in my pants right now. Um, luckily, I had this big bright lighting. Why they had trouble? Because everything had for a reason. Like they had like big jars of the lighting. For the lighting that was on the stage was just like anyone that was on the stage. It was just blah, like you were blinded. It was like going up to heaven. Literally, <laughs> not, it wasn't even that. I've never been up to heaven, but you know, similar. And um, yeah, it was. I'm very glad that it was like that because I was just like, okay, get to throw away my literally free script to wear around because I'm just a freestylist. Freestyled it and it turned out so well. And everyone got, came up to me and was like, That was probably the most realist kind of talk. Real? 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 Yeah. Real? 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 Well, you know that lady, there was a lady that did at the beginning of the whole day, uh, sunshine morning, something, sunrise? The lady, so basically there was this lady at the beginning of the of the day, they just got everybody to put uh, her their headphones in. Oh yeah, and, uh, was, yeah, she was cool. Sunrise or something, secret yeah. sunrise, and it's so cool. Everybody was listening to this stuff, and and we were listening to the music. Everybody would listen to the to the headphones, and then the, she would get you to move and to dance and stuff. 
And I've seen so many people trying this, kind of like a la Tony Robbins. I don't know if you know what Tony Robbins. I love is. Tony Robbins. Yeah, it's Alice yeah, Mouth Boy. Like, yeah, TikTok. It is, it is a Tony Robbins thing, it's like people dancing and it's personal power within, just like businessman dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to be the first one to be able to put yourself out there mm -hmm. and just, you know, do the dance or just like, do the moves. And she was really good at that. She was literally just prompting us to do silly stuff. Yeah, she was doing herself first, like shaking stuff. Shaking, shake that arm, and dancing. Do the elbow, <laughs> elbow exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, you feel, if you feel uncomfortable or you feel a bit like conscious, People are gonna be like, "What are you doing?" But if you don't, people yeah. are just gonna kind of go with it. Yeah. That's kind of that's why what I've seen a lot of Tony Robbins, and then I've seen people trying to do a Tony Robbins, and you just kind of go there, pump out, get the music on, and nobody does anything, and they just look at you, and it's so odd. But I've I've sung "Let It Go" in front of a two hundred people crowd, yeah. trying to get them to sing, which was hilarious because they were just saying "Let It Go," and then it was it. But I did it. And then we just all laughed and they laughed with me because it was insane. But it was to make a point, it wasn't just because I wanted to be Elsa. But that's the point, I just did it and I, my audience knew me, they knew what they were expecting from me, so they were not incredibly surprised. That's awesome. uh, but that's the thing, you know, I knew that I don't give a damn of making a fun of my, full of myself. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I like very much what she did. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good Tony Robbins moment. Mm -hmm. then that's, that's good, that's good. She's going to hear your podcast. Uh, I don't know, but I know we're going to have a uh, one-hour event, probably the summit next year, yeah. just to warm up the day, because that would be so cool. Oh, that is you know, hair guitaring and stuff. And that's actually how we met, didn't we? I recognised you from... Oh, me and you. From the picture. Oh, and I was like, yeah. that's you, that's you, I'm me, I'm you, I'm you, I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny. We did meet air guitaring. I literally, the headphones in, to no music, well, to music that I And I think I read your name, and I was like, you. And you, and I was like, What what did you like about the the things that if you remember anything I was I don't want to put you on the spot again but yeah. what did you like about uh, the talk that we had I was aside from the awesome things that you said anything that Can't the other guy awesome. <laughs> <laughs> something that the guy said did anything stick out when it came to like talking about you know the marketing side of it and things like that. I mean, I, I, for me, this lip not mention really stuck out. Like, you know, how to be like a personal brand that goes beyond. I like that example because I wasn't expecting him to talk about slip knot. You know, I was talking about them as the brand, like going beyond just music. And um, yeah, I really like that that kind of like idea of the personal yeah, brand. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be, I can't remember what his name was now, but he's from the ABC Ghost, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it's called Adam. That's why yeah, I said, yeah. what's his name? I don't remember. I think it's Adam. Though. I think it is, though, but I'll speak to him. I'm going to be going for coffee with him at some point. So busy, but um, no, I, I really liked. Do you know what I really liked about not about just about what he said, but I think but the way he showed up. Um, and I think a lot of marketers in general are just very. Um, they like to use a lot of jargony, buzzy words, and they are very, very good at um, the fluff. Oh yeah, the fluff. Literally <laughs> the fluff. And um, what I really respected about him was um, he just cut that shit. He was just straight to the point and came out with real kind of clear, bold, punchy um, tips and advice. And I thought that was really cool. I cannot remember exactly what he said, but I know around the slip that was really cool. Yeah, that was good. But I think actually out of everyone on that panel, I think everyone had something interesting to say, but I think he was probably my favourite. I thought I, I really resonated, and I and I really yeah really resonated with what he was saying. And I just thought, you know, what he knows his shit. Because um, I need so many marketers, and even sometimes when I 
I'm really mindful of how I come across and I'm learning every day still. Um, I don't want to build another agency that's just fucking talking about bloody personas and fucking weaving stuff in and, oh, I don't know, do you know what I mean? I think it's yeah. just, I think there's definitely room for, you know, just get to the point. But what are you trying to do? You're just trying to get people to buy into something that you believe in. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah, no, I agree. And I like what you said about the fluff, because I think it's something that on a consulting level, most consultants or even coaches, mentors, call as you want, obviously marketers are, most of the time also consulting, they also are actioning, but some of them are also consulting. I see a lot of people doing that, and it's like, uh, especially to me, it's coaches because they're the people that I we help a lot, and mm. um, professionals and stuff. And sometimes I think people are trying to hold back the actual practical steps for whichever reason fear, you don't want people to just do it without you, whatever it is. But I'm like, I, what I liked about him is exactly what you said. Instead of saying to people, just be more you, and I'm like, okay, thanks. What was that look like? You know, he just said, you know, do something different or really clear. And he made some really clear examples of how people did that. And it just gave you a practical thing that you can do that can actually bring you to make a difference or change something about what you're doing instead of just literally being, as you say, what the fuck does it mean? Just be more you or just be authentic or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, share share authentic message. And like, yeah, that is true, obviously, but that it's true. But actually, people don't need more information. People need to know how to just get stuff done. Yeah, I think if you know what I mean, it's like there's so much information out there. Um, like I go to so many events in, in London, I've stopped there in Percy because I'm just like there's there's nothing at the moment that's really teaching me anything new. It's like, yeah, all very top line. Nothing goes into the granular. Actually, how do you take that? Just be you for. How to build an authentic brand, or you need to be more on a more meaningful brand and authentic, or whatever fucking bullshit that bloody thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, well, how? And the how is literally like, well, here's an example of what it looks like, good looks like, what shit looks like, and here's how you, here's some things that you can actually do to start making changes to your brand. And it's yeah. like that kind of practical, um, useful, actual insight. I think there's. There's not much of that about. Well, I don't know why, especially in marketing as well. People just like to have everything. There's yeah. a bit of that. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of that in marketing. I mean, I've, how, how long have you been in marketing for, roughly, um, you would say? I've been, I've been marketing for... Oh, God, how old am I? 32. <laughs> 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 My friend was like, oh, math was not much on the subject. Same. <laughs> Same. Same. Oh, yeah. Went into uh, advertising and marketing. Um, I've been in it since I was about 23, So almost, almost in years, roughly two yeah, years. Yeah, about that, yeah. But I, I, I worked as a designer. I was a really shit designer. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <I was> honest. <laughs> I was not good. And I fucking hated it. <laughs> I, was, I was the one that account managers did not want to give a brief to. Because I would literally be like... <sighs> <laughs> I'd be the worst procrastinator ever as well. I'd be like, but that tells you a lot about what you're doing, whether you like it or not. I do believe yeah. it to a certain extent. Like, I mean, if you're really passionate about a project, mm. you just kind of get yourself in it and you just kind of play with things and stuff. But a lot of us are used to procrastinating because we just get confused. And like, I gave my boyfriend who's a designer. He, he's a bit procrastinator, but I gave him like a fun project I'm to actually do. <laughs> 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 my friend said that. I didn't say it. 
you said it, and my yeah, friend said yeah. the value. Um, but he, he's doing the armor for the podcast, and that kept kept him super focused. Yeah, I was just like, hey, when you have dinner, where's that? Going? So it's that kind of thing where, like, you know, there's something that you really kind of like that yeah. kind of like tickles you. Mm. Is the thing that you enjoy doing instead yeah. of just like we have to do. I think so. Yeah, you enjoy doing it. Um, I think, and I think today more than ever, 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 ever. Um, more than ever. I mean, even actually reminding back to when I was like 22, 23 years old, there's one thing that I always, always said to myself, and I was like, I'm not going to get out of bed. If I get out of bed in the morning and I feel like I'm going to work, yeah, I'm going to quit my job. Like, I've always, always, always stuck to that. And when I have got out of bed in the morning and I have, I have felt like I'm going to work and it doesn't get me excited, I quit. Yeah. Um, it's just something oh, I've jumped and started something of my own because I believe that I'm ready to do that. So, but, but yeah, no, you're right. It's very much doing great work and enjoying it is so fundamental just to a, a human... Like a fulfilling life. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, it's a lot of time that we spend doing it as well. Yeah. It's not a case of just like, you know, the work, quote unquote, work life balance, which I believe it's funny because work is part of your life. Anyway, it's it's very elusive to say the least. It's just a construct that we have. But again, uh, I'm from a next book. I'm, just, I'm, well, right now the book is not out, probably when you're going to listen. If so, if it's out, yay. But um, <laughs> depends on timings. But uh, yeah, about three three hours we count as work for like paleolithical man, three to four hours as work. So maybe like just, you know, making a shelter and just like lighting a fire. But that was it. So, and after that they will just peruse and adventure. And then, yes, yeah, changed massively throughout the stages because of how society works. So work-life balance, all that it is is just how much work do you want to put in and how much rest are you putting into your work and whether you are taking the breaks. But... We make our own work-life balance, if that makes sense, oh, depending on what we do. It totally does. I mean, it wasn't... Do you know what? In all honesty, about four or five months ago, I, I finally realised what that meant. And I think, to your point as well, work-life balance, or just balance, yeah. <laughs> it, it, all, what does it, it means something different to everybody, and everybody's got to find that flow. And I feel like it, comes, it literally comes down to... Your flow, yeah. When you feel like you're in flow, when you feel like, oh my god, I'm talking about game, it's like things are just going. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, life's great. Um, but yeah, like four or five months. What month are you even in? August. August. <laughs> We're in August. I was about to say July then. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, so in April, I went through like this really awful stage in my life where I was literally like. What am I doing? Like, yeah. Why am I working my absolute arse off? <laughs> and yeah, I'm just not feeling great. Yeah. Um, and I think this is like this is like a year into Flamingo Punk being hatched and into the world. And <laughs> the baby kind of. Yeah, I think after a year, it's you know, now looking back, I've got so many because I, I went through the stage of just writing down how I felt every day. Yeah. Um, and then it got to every week, and I started to feel a little bit better, but um. It's like a relationship as well when you get with a new boyfriend and after a year you're kind of like, oh my god, I might, do, do I put all my energy into this and just and just go or actually it's that point where you kind of step back a little bit and you look at it and you're just like, hmm, is this really what I want for yeah. the next two, three years? And I got to that stage, I, I literally got to that point with the and I didn't really know. And I had to, and I just didn't really know who I was really, I was like, and there was things that sort of happened um, in my life. 
boyfriend saying to me when I got home from work, I'm just a weekend boyfriend, my mum saying that she never sees me, I show up late to a friend's baby shower, and all of this kind of stuff that happened. And then I just sort of was like, what am I doing? Who am I? Why am I coming across like this? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a dick. <laughs> like, I actually did think I am an absolute dick. Like, to people that I absolutely love the most, I'm hurting, I'm hurting or I'm, you know, not showing up in a way that I really, you know, I'm just, it's just not cool. Um, which then made me think, okay, something's not right here, I'm going to take a step back and just figure out what, what, what's going on. And it did, it did honestly come down to, like, that balance bit. So I, I ended up um, hiring a, um, I'll say hiring, actually did an energy exchange. Um, so I basically gave her... Um, services or skills of mine yeah so, and in return she coached me nice my energy it's like a bit of swapping services which is really nice she's a really good friend of mine from fix um and yeah she basically i went on this program to help figure out my energy levels and who i am and what i want and my values and actually what matters to me because that uh, it was that point where i was just like all of my heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into Flamingo Punk, getting up at six, getting home at night, getting up at six, getting home at night, traveling for over four hours a day, just getting too much. Um, but I just kept going and going and going and going and going and keep hustling, 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 hustling. And it's very easy just to like keep in that hustle mode. Yes, and I not, agree. And not look back, just keep going because you're so heart set on this goal and vision that you've just kept in your mind for so long that you just keep going and going and going and going. And that's where I, where, where I, where I found myself back in April. But it's something that I've been, I've been in that place before. I was in that place for a business like five, six years ago. And I was just like, oh, fucking hell, not again. Not again. <laughs> What's the matter with me? But it happens, it happens. Um, turns out I, I had a, it's cool. So my mentors, I have my coach and my mentors. My mentor was um, he's a leadership mentor and he, he's, he's awesome and he was just not, he, I was raining, I was like in tears, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, I don't know how to tell my co-founder about it, I don't know how to tell anyone about it really, I don't know what to do. He was like, the first thing you need to do is tell people, tell people that you love and give them a role to play in this moment that you're feeling like this, you have to tell people around you because they need to be there for you, you need to give them a job to do, to support, to support you and I'm like, okay, cool, so I've got to tell people I'm giving them a job to do, so I'm like, <laughs> what's up with my friends, I'm like, right, to my best friend, right, this is what's happening, I actually did this video of me um, walking <laughs> to work in the morning, I was like, guys, I've been really shit and flaky, I'm sorry, but this is why, and I just did this real kind of raw, real video of just me walking and talking to like the camera and just said to people, and I was just like, look, this is what's been going on, I'm sorry for being a dick. Sorry for not turning up or turning up late to whatever, and I'm sorry for cancelling that meeting or rescheduling it again, or you know, or not being the daughter that I should be, or, or you know, all this kind of stuff that just came out of it. But then I was like, I really need your help, I really need you to be there for me in, in this moment of rediscovery and rebuilding my identity. Um, but it was a process. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be cool within three weeks. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's still even happening now. I'm still like getting through that sleep. I'm still rebuilding all of that now. It's fucking great now, but mm -hmm. in fact, like, compared to back then, but it is, it, it come down to like what, what balance really meant for me. It was more about um, just knowing what feels good. Like to your point, it's like knowing what feels good. Yes. 
And boundaries as well, I suppose. Yeah, and setting rules. Like yes. Setting rules, like you said boundaries, but yeah, the rules. Like literally, I'm like, do you know what? I won't do. It's things like I won't do a, a business meeting after four o'clock. Yes. Um, or I won't. You know, if I'm like, I won't run for the train anymore in the mornings. I'll just get the next one. Yeah. Whereas I used to literally you see me running down my road, like a big fat pack like running around in a hot, sweaty mess sitting on the train. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so happy about running. But um, <laughs> literally like running and then feeling really shit when I've got on my train and just being in a really bad headspace. Now I'm just like, oh, fuck it. And I'll just don't put meetings in past half, like, like before half nine. Yeah. Like half nine. I'm not going to do a nine o'clock meeting. Yeah, because you know that at least you're going to be there by the time that you know you want to be without having to rush it. Exactly. Because you might be late. I exactly. know that. Yeah. So I, know. I know what the trains are like. I also know myself and what yeah. feels good. And if I want to feel good in the morning, I want to have a snooze. It's those little things. It is literally, I want a snooze. I want to listen to Radio 4 for at least an hour in the morning because I like listening to the news. I want to do a bit of yoga for 10 minutes in the morning. Like, you know, I want this. It's like me first. So it literally came around like, you know, balance I think is, especially when you're an entrepreneur, it's about putting yourself first before your business, which is really hard. Yes. Really, 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 really hard. I think a lot that we can learn, my opinion as well, is from mothers in a way. Like, again, it's, if you want to think about an analogy that is a bit warped, maybe, but realistically speaking, I was watching a very trashy program. Ding! Uh, just because. <laughs> Why not? Not <laughs> a trashy program. <laughs> it's called 100% Hotter. It's on Netflix now. It's so trashy. 100% Hotter? Hotter. It's so bad. It's so, like, they're literally doing, like, fashion make, make under as well. It's so funny. People like orange tangerine people, and they turn them into, like, you know, like, more... Toned down, they just kind of help them is like not using armor to hide themselves, which is interesting in some way. Oh. Very, very trashy, very, very superficial, but some of it is, is interesting and it's very much background noise, anyway. <laughs> but there was this lady talking about how she lost herself as a mum and then she didn't have the time to kind of like almost like upgrade their looks, but also like change a bit, you know, her looks and kind of feel more herself. And it's a silly thing, as you say, like, as like not snoozing or for me it was like you know at some point I wasn't really taking care of my hair and it's silly but you're like why am I always having my hair tied down because I tied up because I don't want to keep it down because I can be asked to style it mm-hmm. so they, she made the point that that's what happens since she had her children and I was like well I call my first book a baby baby book you know my business is to feel a bit like babies so I can see that in a way there is that kind of connection of you want to put them first because realistically speaking you put so much work into having them obviously not comparing this to a motherhood no, comparing to pregnancy, but it's similar. There is that kind of feeling, and then you're like, you know, that if you don't, if you're not the person that supports the business, at least for a specific number of uh, period of time, it's harder for it to run without you because delegating takes time, finding the right team takes time. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to become more a manager than a maker as much as you can, but obviously it's kind of combining the two, having the ideas, but also having the time to manage people. Mm. And at first you're in this period of like, your business is a baby or a teenager, and teenagers are rebellious. It's a fucking mm. pain in the ass. And that's when like, things come up and down. So it, when, she, when she said that, I thought, hmm, now I understand why I call my book Baby Book, because that's what it felt like. Mm. Just came out and I had to do everything to push it, and then after that just kind of things got a bit more chilled and I felt okay. Now I can, you know, I can treat it less like this is literally my life depends on it. Mm. But I do agree. Entrepreneurs, you know, you have to put yourself first, not just because self-care says so. 
but because you take so much time out of everything else in order to make sure that your business is healthy. Yeah, totally. And if you're not healthy as a as the founder, yeah, then the business isn't going to be healthy. That's very true. It all comes down to the energy that you give off. That's what I found as well. I gave off a lot of bad, bad energy four months ago. A hell of a lot of bad energy. I felt it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, that so there was lots of negative things that were happening in my life. Mm-hmm. Lost a couple of pitches. Had a really shit. Actually, I had no pipeline, so there was no money coming in. Um, there was talks around it not, you know, Flamingo Punk not existing. Like we were gonna have to wind it up, like all this kind of stuff, just because there was, it just we couldn't support it anymore. You know, all these kind of real kind of scary things where you're just like, oh my god, and you know, you look back on that last eighteen months into this, or you know, a lot of energy into this, and it just all got a little bit, you know. Shitty, should I say? <laughs> but it wasn't until that I started really focusing on myself and, and brought in this, um, you know, this, doing this program with, with my coach to figure out my values, my purpose, what what I want to do, what feels good for me, um, and how Flamingo Pump or my business, you know, fits into that. Um, and everyone else, all these other roles that I play in my life and, and the other people that are in my life. It wasn't until I really stepped back to really ask those questions, to, which was when it all started to feel better and my energy levels started to feel a lot better. Um, and everything in the business just kind of, I don't know, it took three months for things to work itself out and start getting back on track again. But it did take a, a little while for that, that energy to start coming back through um, in a positive form. But when it did, it was incredible. I could, like, we landed the biggest client that we have had to date, which has enabled us to hire. Um, and then alongside that another two clients as well and yeah things are just like moving and growing and and feeling really good but it's just amazing how much that depends on the founder (laughs) yeah 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 and your mindset as well you are literally bringing that vibe across the whole business and across your team so that mindset that you're bringing allows other people to go out there and reflect that so yeah if that's the kind of positive aspect the positive spin somebody actually said it to me today it was like well, I like that you find always the positives. I mean, I was really pissed off about the trains being very, very unreliable today. Mm. So I'm a bit flaky. And I was like, eh, well, at least I got, like, a little cardio session to have to run from one place to another. It was like, oh, it's, it's nice you always find a positive spin on things. And I was like, well, because if you do, then at least you can find something good that, to uplift you, even when things are a bit poops. Because um, mm. otherwise it's really hard. You know, like, we can all focus on the negative, but that's all you're going to see, isn't it? It's the, yeah. the, the, that's the glasses you're putting on. And it's really hard because... It's hard for somebody else to come and cheer you up at all time. You know, you have a mentor, you have a coaches, those are your cheerleaders, but when it comes to your business, if you have to be the first cheerleader because that will motivate the team. And yeah. your clients as well. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things that like you guys and again that's a world that I dabble into in the past, but it's not my world like the agency level. Mm. It's kind of it's just not me. I'm very much of a doer, which is problematic. Yeah. Because I want to do a lot of stuff and I wanna it's kinda of hard for me even to have clients in that respect. So I find that, um, you know, I, I very much do as much as I can and do almost overdo things. Mm. So it's easier for me to be in control and be my own boss. So having like, also a client to manage, just kind of like we have so many people that we manage anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually really admire agencies that 
run, you know, very efficient. And actually, I think also like um, honest way. Not to say I don't want to talk about bad things, but I also want people to realize that a social media or marketing agency, there are so many cropping up. Like you just lift your hand up, and there's another one coming up. About twenty-seven thousand in the UK. Yeah. yeah, it's competitive, and it's crazy. And I think people don't realize that everybody can quote unquote set it up. Everybody can just make a start, but it's about the honesty that you bring in. It's about the relationship that you build with your clients. Yeah. And just kind of like just taking that time to understand them, which I know that's what you do because I run that from your talk, and that's kind of what makes it. Yeah, it's kind of Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how smart I was, wasn't it? That's how smart I was. But again, and I don't, I don't want to put people. Actually, I talked to another lady before. She's um she does some marketing. Actually, two marketers before as well in the podcast, and um, and I like to talk about this just for people to understand, especially somebody that wants to dabble a bit more into social media as part of their role, their career. Mm. That you know, it takes experience and it takes a lot of other skills as well. It's not just understanding how the algorithm works for about six months. Mm. That's not all you need to know. Mm. Again, obviously, that's why I'm kind of passing the ball to you to see what you have learned as well by you know just running flamingo and everything else and kind of how that has shaped a bit what you see when it comes to the industry I suppose. Yeah, I suppose running flamingo I mean it's probably worth me just sort of saying uh, to your point as well, there are a lot of agencies in the UK and they all do pretty much the same thing. Um, some better than others of course but they all do pretty much the same thing um, to do you know, creative design copywriting social media advertising print press radio blah 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 whatever creative yeah um, I have always always wanted to if, I've always wanted to build something different yeah I've always wanted to do something different um, and not just be one of 27,000 agencies in the UK. I want to be one of one, mm-hmm. um, a category of one. So that's always been very, um, very clear in my mind when I've been setting up from Ingo Park. Um, but it's challenging to be one of one when you're trying to, when, when all companies want is a company that's going to just do the stuff, you know, that they want, they see everything as an asset, as a thing, they don't see everything, they don't see the work and the thinking and the process and the, and the, um, uh, the strategy, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, okay. like the and the strategy, yeah. all that kind of stuff, they don't see what happens before to get to that big idea. Yeah. And, um, but that's what a lot of agencies don't talk about, and that's something that we really do uh, pride ourselves with, we think is the, the strategy and, and our curiosity to go out and find something find that piece of insight which is really different that's going to steer a creative brief which is therefore going to steer the creative team to come up with a creative idea um, but going back to like when I started Flamingo Punk I also believe that there's so many agencies out there but none of them are really doing it for the hustler none of them are really doing it for the founders there's not really an agency out there that just get founders that just get what situation they're in at the moment and how they're feeling um, and the fact that they're spinning loads of plates and they're overwhelmed with lots of stuff they're doing and when it comes down to marketing, a lot of that relies on them and, and most of them, probably 80% of them, um, believe that they can do it themselves and they just can't and marketing getting it right in the beginning is so critical to the success of a business, yet it's so 
not accessible for, for a startup because it's quite expensive. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that for me, the podcast, we, our services are really affordable because they're probably not to a lot of um, young, up and coming, growing companies. But what I do want to do, um, and it's still, obviously this all depends on our, you know, us getting enough clients to sustain our cash flow, of course, because we are also a small, young, growing business. So, you know, there is kind of like, you know, that whole, you know, push and pull, is it? You grow, mm-hmm. I grow, that kind of thing. But, you know, my sort of big thing is to build an agency that is a family first agency um, and create a kind of new model which which can grow with them, that can flex with them. And I don't know exactly how that will work yet, but, um, you know, even in, in terms of just spreading the costs over a certain amount of months because it could help them manage their cash flow a little bit better or it could be on a results driven or, you know, loads of different ways you can go about it. But... Um, I think that's really needed um, today, really, especially when there's so many young companies out there and so many failing as well, and so many failing for silly reasons, which come down to um, product market fit, um, team. A lot of it is budgeting as well, isn't it? Budgeting, yeah, massively. I mean, cash flow is the biggest killer of all businesses. My investor will say that um, every day to me, pretty much. <laughs> but which is good because it needs to be drilled into every every. Um, young business owner's head, you know, cash flow is, you have to have it on cash flow, um, knowing what's coming in and what's going out and anticipating what could come in. Yeah, because it's like a lot of people tend to, take, tend to take gambles and I understand that you want to take a gamble when things come and happen, but a lot of these gambles actually would, would require quite a big budget and I think that's the thing you don't realise how much you need to budget for marketing it's mm-hmm. just it's not one piece is it it's, it's always like so many different elements and you need to really choose carefully which way you're going to go unless again if you hand over everything to an agency then in that case they will allocate budgets wherever they, they see fit whatever you guys together see fit obviously but i'm thinking realistically speaking especially one of the corporates have small companies doing all themselves they're like okay i'm going to put this much on facebook ads maybe i should try this as well and you're not really understanding the whole holistic thing and you find yourself out having Spread your, you know, spread yourself too thin. When it comes to marketing budgets, again, there's so many things, ads, and everything to think about, and that's kind of why I think I like the approach that you have and the things that you said as well in the past about what the approach to marketing is. Obviously, founders first, but also story first. It's like telling a story to me is the most important thing that you can do to really get things across. Mm-hmm. People remember stories. They don't, they don't remember products because they remember the products. They remember this, the product because of the story that is attached to it. Mm-hmm. And usually the story is something useful for them. But it can also be just a very memorable, funny, or unexpected story. Mm-hmm. And again, I think, and as you said, like it's good to have practical steps or practical tips when it comes to marketing. But also, from me being in marketing for only eight years, but still. That's a good one. That's, 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 that's a decent market, bit, right? That's a decent bit. You're a marketer, true marketer. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know that, like you know, some tips, especially the ones that are very time sensitive, I give them anyway. But I'm like, remember, this can change tomorrow because X, Y, and Z. But I think mm. some things like storytelling, mm. good storytelling, some mm. of these things are timeless, and actually are the things that people don't I don't dispense enough for some reason. Marketers, I would say as well, but. Yeah. You know, more storytelling, if we really teach and like help people yeah. tell better stories, that is half of the job done. Mm-hmm. The stories go viral, not just because it's bloody algorithms, it's because stories have massive meaning and purpose and push. Yeah, no, you're, you're dead right, you're dead right. And I think, sort of, 
hit the nail on the head there, um, and something that we have noticed a lot. I mean, sto storytelling is something that really underpins flamingo punk. Um, we're, we're hatched out of the love for stories, um, and, and we sort of call this thing um, a story first strategy. So every um, client that we work with, we, we start off by finding their story um, in this sort of discovery phase. But um, but there is a real truth around stories and that it's really hard to tell your own story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's such a simple truth that we kind of built Flamingo Punk to try and solve that problem for so many um, businesses and brands, younger brands that are out there with loads of stories to tell because they've got so many. So many incredible ones, you know, they've got their purpose stories, they've got their origin stories from where they began, that big inspirational eureka moment that happened <laughs> that made them think, oh my god, something can be built better than this. There's those stories around, you know, there are product stories, but it's what makes that product different story, not product, this is the feature, blah, 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 kind of stuff, you know, it's very much what's, there's just so many stories that build up a brand. And that's something um, that, that we, we fundamentally believe. At Flamingo Punk, and our job, um, everybody in the agency, our job is to find those stories and help the brands that we work with tell them in the most powerful way um, through lots of different mediums. And it's not just creating a video. It might be a podcast. It might be a radio ad, it might be a collaborational partnership with a company that shares that same story and by putting them together it, it elevates that story. Um, there's so many different ways to tell a story and it's not just words, it's also visual. Um, you can tell a beautiful story with just pictures, you know, it doesn't just have to be words but that's, that's, that's everything we do starts with the story. But then also everything we do starts with a founder. So we have this story first, founder first um, uh, rule, should I say, um, that, that we sort of live by, um, which, which, which I believe really does make us different as an agency. We have the empathy with the founder, which connects us to them. And because they feel connected to us, they open up and tell us the things that they probably never tell any other person, um, which gives us the insight to tell, help them tell that story in the most incredible way. Um, and yeah, to your point earlier, it comes down to communicating, it comes down to the relationship building. This whole planet is built with relationships, on relationships, you know, that's what makes us go around, that's what makes us powerful relationships. Um, and that's what an agency's role is, really, it's not creating all these cool, pretty pictures, assets, ads that you see on social media that stop your thumbs or turn your head to make you engage with it, it's helping brands build relationships with the right people um, so they can get their incredible innovations off the ground and make the world a better place. Like that's what it, what matters. Well that, that that's a good that's a good reason. That's a good purpose story. I like that. Which one is your favourite? I mean it's hard, but which one would you say are some of your favourite type of stories? I'm thinking about between things like the origin story, the purpose story, the Eureka moment story. Obviously it depends on the story but is there one type of these stories that you think is very impactful uh, you found within your clients or all that kind of comes to mind? Mm, good question. My head's full of them. 
<laughs> but you know, it's like Friday, and she's like, I've had, I've had half a bottle of wine already. Probably shouldn't say it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you mumble it out, and maybe people didn't pick it up. And I got a gin in my hand, I haven't drank a couple of times. Um, but I wish I had a gin. <laughs> I like um, how your brain works like mine. I have a size to a size, and I'm like, no, my brain is a tangent, and I'm just like swimming for tangents. And I'm like, bring it back. Oh no, my co founder fucking hates me for it. <laughs> it can um, be challenging to other people, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you an example of one of our most recent um, clients. Uh, yeah, I mean. Do you know what? I, th- I think it comes th- it comes down to the brand. It comes down yeah. to what what like I said, they all have these different stories, and it comes down to what what is the best one they can be telling right now. Okay, and a lot of that comes down to who they're telling it to. Yeah, well, actually, it always comes down to who they're telling it to, mm-hmm. and um, the culture and the behaviour trends that are sort of present at that moment in time. Because um, you know that story might not be relevant, and it's unlikely it will be relevant, um, or have as great meaning, great meaning as it does today as it will in in, as, you know, in 10 years time or in 5 years time or even 2 years time because the world changes so much and, and people change so much and what we love and what we don't love and what we like and what hype trends are about you know all of that connects to what that story is um, I mean one of our clients at the moment I won't name them because they haven't actually launched yet um, but I mean we, we work with companies with, with founders behind them that are driven by purpose. It's founders with a business that is for purpose, that is driving purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't work with anyone that hasn't got a purposeful story behind them. Um, I mean, they can have, uh, some, some brands do have that in their culture, but we very much we want to work with companies that are, are just doing... Know, hustle for something, you know, hustle for purpose, hustle for um, ethical, you know, change, um, mindfulness, whatever. Um, but this company that we are working with at the moment, they are doing build, rebuilding cities just outside London, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that because um, generation rent is just out of control. It is disgustingly out of control. People are working in London for an average of, you know, 27 to 28k. Yeah. Um, and they're paying rent around, you know, for a room, like 800 to £900 a month for a room. For a room, yeah. Yeah, or 1,000, or 1,500 quid for, for just a, a, a flat, a very small one, which isn't that nice, you know? Um, they still want to pay child on top of that class probably in zone three. Um, and they're stuck. They're stuck paying this. And it's really sad. And, and the reality is they think it's normal. And it's really not. Uh, Ten years ago it wasn't normal. Why is it normal now? Why are we... It's, it's, it should be a human... And this is what this, uh, this company believes. It's a human right to be able to own your own home. Why, why can't we? Why, can't, why not? Um, so what they're doing is they're taking control of how, um, how the property... Market, yeah, they like to take control of every moving part of it. Oh, interesting. And, and that's that's it, a big challenge. It's big. It's big. And this is the thing. This is kind of you know, in terms of the companies that we work with, we want to work with the companies that are building a better world, and they're doing it because they honestly believe that what's happening right now is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a, a very true example of that. And they've got a powerful, powerful story around this. Um, renting is not normal because it's not. 
so people in London need to be woken up but that but it's not normal um, and that's what our job is to do through incredible storytelling um, and visual graphical beautiful stuff um, anyway that campaign's launching in a few months or next month yeah next month <laughs> so you'll see it but um, but yeah that's kind of like a and what they're doing as well they're, they're building homes that are going to be affordable from Sumo Depot so it's going to be really really nice um, when they do launch in the next or six to six months to a year nice people will be able to own a home for £200,000 which is amazing and that's yeah. all in there's no hidden costs and they're all about yeah. this most small print stuff as well, so it's really cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. my dear, coming to the last question, mm-hmm. the one that we ask everyone and anyone, oh, yeah. all of them, them all, the only one that needs a bit of brains. Oh, God. It's going to be a hard one. It's going to be a tough one. Mm. I'm building you up. Where's my gin? Well, you can bring your gin to the brunch that I'm asking you to host. Oh, really? uh, this brunch, you can invite anyone, dead or alive. Who would you have gin with? Dead or alive, anywhere, brunch, anywhere in London with anyone, who would it be? Oh, my granddad. Oh, cute. Loads of grandparents. About grand- grandparents are a big one. It's like, like a big one. My like granddad, big... all day, every day. Don't know if you're not the gym, though. Yeah. So you can have anything you want, you can have a great. It's not a pint. Oh, no, he'd be dying for a pint. I reckon, well, literally, it's not here anymore, but I think it would be from the pint. Oh, amazing. What would, you, would we go to the pub together, you reckon? Oh, yeah, we'd go to a pub. We'd go to a pub, we'd have a pint, crack some jokes, probably take the piss out of my hair. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take the piss out of his. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, I'd pat it. He had a little bull patch. He had this little bit of hair that went over it, so I'd like pat it down. Oh. But like, granddad, come on. And, oh, I'd like flick it that way just to annoy him. He'd be like, mum, cover in my bull patch. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cute. Yeah, but yeah, I'd definitely bring him back. Well, thank you so much for this chat. Somebody to have you. you. No worries. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Make an Impact Show. For more info on the HPC, head to our socials at hbloggers.com or go to our website, healthbloggerscommunity.com. Now, get out there and be awesome.